2: Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels six and 66ers baseball. This is
3: Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Troy Hunter
4: Jr. You're listening to the All Angels
1: Podcast.
4: Welcome to another of All Angels Podcast. I am Down Garcia. Chris Secure Johnson will be with us in a second. Running a little late, but our special co-host today, you know him from previous, and the Big League Chewing Podcast, that's Mike Brown. How are you doing?
2: Hey, Daniel. Thanks for having me again.
4: Yeah, no problem. Um, you know, we're kind of a couple of teams behind in our review of the AL West. Uh, we've talked a little bit of, or we haven't talked anything really about the Houston Astros or the Texas Rangers. So we're going to touch on that a little bit now. Um, by then, I think Chris will be here with another Keuriger Chronicles. And then there's been so much news going on with Angels Camp. Um, the news of their new play by play guy came out like two hours ago before we were recording. So we'll talk about that. So first things first, um, talk a little about the Houston Astros. I think you would agree. Well, I don't know now with, with the injuries. If you guys haven't uh, heard, they lost two pitchers for almost seems like the year. I know Forrest Whitley's probably done for the year for sure because of Tommy John surgery. And yeah. then um, why is he escaping my 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 brain? The other pitcher. Um, uh, Framber Valdez. Valdez, yeah. Uh, takes a comebacker off the finger, broke it, ends up being more serious than people originally thought. Um, two guys I was expected to really contribute in that rotation where I'm not sure how much depth it has behind it are you still considering that a uh, the Astros as a serious um, contender in the AL West?
2: Yeah, I, I, I would say so. Um, I mean, I think they, they made the move they needed to make uh, by signing Jacob to Rizzi uh, to a two year deal uh, about a week ago now. Right. Um, I know a lot of angels fans were hoping that um, Perry and uh, Artie would have enough uh, kind of uh, money left to kind of make that happen. But um doesn't happen he ends up signing with the Astros um so they get a consistent guy I mean Oderizzi really struggled I think last season um but hard to say how much that was the COVID season or just whatever it may have been but um he's been a pretty consistent pitcher um over the course of his career um jumping from the, the Rays to the Twins um but yeah I like that move for them I feel like it adds a solid um, another solid piece. I mean, they have guy They have a lot of younger guys: Christian Javier, Jose Urquidy, uh McCullers is going to be back again, uh, and then they got Granke really on the top of the rotation. So, I think the key to it will be how does Granke kind of decline a little more this season? Um, is Rizzi able to kind of pitch like he did, you know, previous to 2020? Um, how does Javier continue to develop? Urquidy? Um McCullers, you know, he's, he's pretty coming solid. So
4: from, well, he, my biggest thing with him is that he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. And a lot of people know, you know, your first year back from Tommy John isn't necessarily going to be, you know, back to normal, you know, you're still kind of working out uh, the right. physical issues and mental issues. So I'm interested to see how much he's able to contribute. Um, Cause if it's a full season, you know, they're going to probably have a, some kind of a pitch count on him or limit him somewhere. And, and do they kind of backload it? Do they take his time with him in the beginning to kind of, maybe if they are, and contention for our division, they can pitch him a little more, or do you think they – or is it possible that they are going to just go in the front, pitch him like normal, and then maybe taper down towards the back end? So that's something really to watch out for with um, him pitching after Tommy John.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how they use him. Um, I think they might lean on him a little more now, now that there's kind of some question marks. Obviously, you don't have the depth. Uh, you know, Forrest Whitley was definitely seen as like that depth piece, probably that sixth starter. Um, he was like a highly touted prospect for a little while, but he's his prospect capital has definitely fallen off over the last season or two, and now he's going into Tommy John. It's it's not right. not looking good for his for his upside, and his career is really kind of teetering right now. But um, yeah, I mean the depth outside of the you know the the Urquides, the McCullers, the Javier's, the Odorizis is, is uh, definitely being tested now. So um, I still like them, but it's it's not as um, the rotation is not as Locked in, you know, as, as we thought.
4: And then, too, you look at that lineup. They lose Springer, which is a huge, huge piece for them out in center field offensively, mm-hmm. but they still have the names like Correa. They still have names like Bregman. They still have Altuve and see if he can bounce back. Um, offensively, do you, how do you see them offensively this year uh, producing?
2: I think they'll be fine. Um, they're getting back uh, Jordan Alvarez, Alvarez who right. was, yeah, a huge uh, piece for them. Uh, going back to their World Series run in 2019. Um, that was his rookie season, and he really was kind of tearing the cover off the ball. Um, got hurt at the within the first few games last season, so he barely played last year at all. Right. So they're really gaining kind of a, a really class hitter um, at, to, to add to this season. Um, Kyle Tucker continues to kind of impress me. I think he's a pretty solid player, um, so they still have him. Center field. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of put that together. Right now, in their depth chart, they have Miles Straw. Uh, they re-signed Michael Brantley, so they still have Correa, Bregman, Altuve. Um, so I think the, the lineup's still pretty solid. They brought back Jason Castro uh, to, to team up with uh, Maldonado behind the plate. So um, yeah, I, I think the biggest concern for me for the Astros is the rotation. Um, I think offensively, they're still going to score, uh, be able to put up some runs, and 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 stay in ball games for the most part.
4: Now, obviously, I think the Angels offensive lineup is probably just as potent as um Houston when everything's kind of um popping. And you've seen the highlights of that, you know, with Otani hitting with you know Charles getting his first home run today, Rendon has a home run. Um yeah. when everything is going, I guess, as smoothly as possible for both the Astros and the Angels, whose lineup would you would you take?
2: Man, um <laughs> that's a really good question. The, one, the question, yeah, I mean, the, the issue that I have with the Angels lineup right now is probably in that, like, 7-8-9, uh, kind of the bottom third of the lineup where you have, like, Dexter Fowler. What kind of season is he's, he going to give us? Um, you have a Max Stasi or, or, um,
4: or a Kurt Suzuki
2: batting 8th, and then you're probably looking at maybe Glacius. a Glacius batting ninth. So I think the bottom end of, that li- of the lineup is probably the concern. Yeah, you really need Upton to come through. But, yeah, if everything's clicking... Um, yeah, I'll probably side with with the Angels. I think Fletcher continues to take a step forward this season. I think Trout, you know, produces like he's like we're used to. I think Otani has a bounce back season, and I think Rendon is um is, is going to be great again. So yeah, I think I just think it really hinges on can Iglesias repeat kind of the very short um, sample that he had in Baltimore last year, where he batted like 372, and if he can be kind of a shade of that or around that. Um, yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would probably choose the Halos lineup um, at this point.
4: And one thing I I, I brought up on the interview um, previewing the Houston Astros was, I felt they got kind of lucky in the fact that there was the COVID season and there wasn't fans in the stands. Coming off of that uh, cheating scandal and the, all the news during spring training, and you kind of saw that circus. Now that it looks like stadiums are going to be slowly refilling and you've seen like some text, uh, I think Globe Life in Texas and Arlington is already going to be 100 percent. But, you know, Angel Stadium got the approval to put some kind of, you know, people in the stands and you're going to see that nationwide. Right. Do you think that that scandal that, you know, cheating, you know, whatever is going to pop up again. And with the fans finally being in the stands, finally being able to boo them.
2: yeah i mean i think uh i was watching an astros game the the other day and um i think they were playing at the cardinals spring training facility or something and altuve uh was still getting booed like really Mm -hmm. heavily so i think this is something that's going to follow that team for um for quite a while um honestly um i don't i think the um the anger has probably subsided a little bit but uh yeah there's definitely going to be instances where they go to certain ballparks and are just going to get kind of booed pretty heavily. Um but the interesting thing will be like guys that have left the team like a springer or something like if he goes to a ballpark that, you know, was with a team that got affected, is he gonna get booed, you know, just even though he's on a different team, you know, it'll be hard to say, but definitely Altuve Correa. Correa is like such the villain. Um <laughs> <Right> after his <laughs> kind of like
4: remarks uh he kind of put it as you know on himself from when he was talking about um I think Bellinger said something and he kind of I tell his side of the story but he's kind of came out looking in my opinion kind of kind of petty with everything right. that definitely didn't help uh his public persona at all
2: yeah and then even before the whole scandal Bregman has always kind of been like super cocky to me um but yeah it, they'll, they'll still get boo- booed for sure and I think um I think I don't think people will forget too too easily
4: right yeah and then to another guy they end up Losing or you know do the free agency and the guy that was rumored for the with the angels for a while there was a little like a, a It seemed like a movement on Twitter where all of a sudden um He was going to he was saying he was gonna sign you know any day now with the angels and that was like Two and a half three weeks ago and that was Roberto Ozuna um, mm-hmm. I guess my first thought is He is a very good pitcher when you look at his numbers and what he's done but his off the off the field um, issues is it's kind of its own monster. How do you feel about bringing people like that into your organization who can produce at a high level, but also come in bringing a ton of baggage?
2: Yeah, it's it's hard, um, man. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It's the I mean the thing with Ozuna is that um, he was battling injury. I think he got hurt at some point last season, and I think the recommendation initially was that he get Tommy John, but then. The, he kind of backtracked and said that, oh, you know, I'm not going to need Tommy John, um, just going to rehab it and see see how it goes. So he he does come with a lot of question marks. Yeah, off the field and question marks now with his health. So, um, in terms of bringing him into a team, I I just don't see. I don't know. Artie Artie Moreno doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would probably that would take a chance chance on a guy like him. That would have a lot of kind of drama and baggage. Um, right. I mean, Artie went through that process with Josh Hamilton already, and that was like a big kind of. Um, it was just a big, a big deal that was made, um, and 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 didn't didn't work out well. So I think Artie would want to avoid um, uh, any sort of <clears throat> signing any sort of player like that that has some sort of history like that. Um, and I just feel like it wouldn't mesh well with the clubhouse. It didn't mesh well with the clubhouse in Houston when when Ozuna came right. in. I think there were there were a few guys that were like vocally. Um (laughs) kind of displeased with yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, I mean he's talented, but uh yeah, I I don't think I would want him in that clubhouse. Um yeah.
4: Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking too. When a lot of people were were talking about him coming to the Angels again. There was a big rumor again, like three and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, where it can happen any day now, and it just still to this point has not happened. My whole thing was the Angels have preached all offseason. If you ever listen to Perry, or if you ever listen to like a a, 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 a podcast a press conference with Joe uh, mm-hmm. Madden, they've always kind of preached character and clubhouse guy and all this stuff. And that's why when they started saying that, I figured they were out on Bauer right then and there because of the stuff right. they brought. And for them to kind of, if, for example, if they did sign Ozuna, it would be like kind of going back on that word and saying like, oh, we just, you know, well, it's for the right price, so we'll bring them in. I kind of felt once they kept on preaching that a lot like more than normal that he was out. And so was Bauer. And I just cannot see the angels going kind of back on that. And for all the antics that Bauer does, it's all kind of in fun. It's all trolling. It's all hype. It's all little extra. It's nothing illegal. It's nothing you have to worry about arrests or trials or anything like that. So I think Ozuna is on a whole different level. And if they're not really willing to mess with the whole Bauer stuff, I cannot see them messing with the Ozuna stuff. Um, at all. And I don't know if he gets signed or, you know, m- maybe it takes a injury to a closer on another team or that really kind of pushes the envelope. But when they got Iglesias to close, I kind of figured that solidified that portion of the bullpen. And I didn't see a real need, I guess, for an Azuna with all the extra kind of baggage that he brought. Um, will bring to Azuna. Yeah.
2: That's, that's the other thing too, is that then you're, you're creating kind of the, the drama of bringing this kind of guy into the clubhouse. But then you're also setting up drama potentially with Iglesias, who is who probably thinks that he's going to be the closer. So then you right. bring in a guy like Ozuna, and now there's maybe conflict between the two of them. Although, I don't know, competition is sometimes good amongst relievers like that. But yeah, I, I didn't see them. I mean, the Angels lately, uh, you know, in, in recent memory, they haven't been the team that's been like, let's just stock the bullpen with four different closers, you know, like it just hasn't been. The mindset so once they got iglesias i was like oh they're they're probably done with with a high-end high leverage guy so yeah
4: no and, and that makes a lot of sense you're right because they kind of re-orchestrated that whole bullpen since last year and it just doesn't seem like what the moves they made of kind of rebuilding and bring some other guys in ozuna was and i think too that's actually one of the reasons why rosenthal rosenthal never really took the angels seriously is that the perception out there that iglesias is going to be the you know be the be the closer I think Rosenthal wanted somewhere where he, the journey to that closing spot was a lot easier, and that's why I think you see him uh, up in Oakland or down yeah. in Oakland for where you're at. but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so kind of now moving forward to like the Texas Rangers a little bit. um a team that just struggled, and then they got rid of their best pitcher last year with Lance Lynn. Um right. I don't see necessarily a whole lot of upside in the team. I know there's some young guys probably going to come up. Um, you always have Joey Gallo who is a the I think the definition of what this era in baseball is it's like a home run strikeout or walk kind of guy and i think you know he's the biggest that they have but i don't know if you have any thoughts about the texas rangers and kind of where they're at going into this next season
2: yeah i think they're gonna be pretty bad um you know they traded away lance lynn as you had mentioned they pick up a prospect uh dane dunning uh from the white Sox, who's kind of a uh, kind of a highly touted guy i guess um, they also took a flyer on Mike Faltenevich, who was an ex right. uh, Braves pitcher. Um, he his Braves career kind of meteored, and, or it's not meteor, kind of cratered um, pretty badly towards the end of his run with the Braves. Um, but he was a guy just a couple years ago that had a lot of talent. Um, so uh, looking at their roster, I mean. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to be a great team. Um, First base, they have Nate Lowe. Second base, they have Nick Solak. Um, I think they were going to move Kiner Falefa over to shortstop Shortstop, now that Elvis Andrews is gone. Uh, Rugnit, Rugnit or Odor hasn't been good um, in in a while now. Um, He's really kind of uh, fallen off. They also get Chris Davis from the A's uh, in that Elvis Andrews trade. um, And for us for a while there was like three consecutive seasons where he hit like 40 homers each season um and he's aged a little bit so i'm not sure if he's a 40 home run guy still they took another chance on david Dahl, who was an outfielder yeah. for the rockies and i think he was a actually an all-star for the rockies a couple seasons ago and so they're taking a lot of flyers on guys this year to try to like see if there's any upside in, in the fulton Neviches and the dolls um to see kind of you know what 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 they can get out of them. Um but yeah other than Joey Gallo, there's not much to like really get excited about here if I'm a if I'm a Rangers fan. Um yeah. Uh the starting rotation um yeah just looks really weak. They got Kyle Gibson at the top of it. Um Dunning, Fultonevich, Kobe Allard, Arihara. A lot of yeah I mean yeah just
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> there's not a lot.
4: Here. I guess I guess that's part of the reasons why they opened up to 100% capacity to get people in there. I guess that will be the will be the draw for them this season. And kind of talking about that, they're the first team I I've seen out there at least publicly uh, put out there that are going to be open 100% um, by opening day. Um, as a baseball fan, are you would you be kind of cautious about going to, to to these games with 100% you know open or would you kind of be like, you know, it's kind of everything's kind of dying down a little bit, and you feel comfortable going,
2: yeah. I feel like they're jumping a gun just like a few months too soon. Um, if they, if they were saying, like, yeah, we're going to go full capacity in like September, like the last month of the season, um, given kind of where like the vaccine trajectory is right now and like how soon everyone's going to be hopefully vaccinated. If this was something they were saying, like, oh, last week of the season, we're going to open it back up to everybody, that would be kind of a cool thing, it would make a little more sense, but yeah, this is really soon um i mean i i think they're kind of looking at it as we had we have this brand new ballpark we weren't able to get too many yeah we we, no one really went to games at it last year i think they had a few folks in there for the world series last season but um yeah they have this new ballpark they want to show it off the crazy thing is is that usually with like a new ballpark um usually there's like a usually the team is like semi-interesting when you like open a new ballpark or like the organization will be like, hey, let's get this star player. Hey, let's sign this guy to like bring fans to the new ballpark. It, the, the attendance is going to be low, <clears throat> low for this team for for two or three seasons. So right, they've just all opened good. a new, yeah, they've just opened a new ballpark, and the product on the field is like not not good. So um, it's kind of interesting what they the situation they have there. They got a brand new shiny ballpark, and attendance is probably going to be you know pretty low for the next couple seasons until they. Turn things around, or I don't
4: know. Yeah, definitely, and kind of you know everything. I like to ask th- these people, uh, the the beat writers or the podcasters about the, about the division, the more so the individual team. I'm going to ask you the same thing. Um, not necessarily what team's going to finish in what place, but whoever wins that first place division um, <laughs> in the division, how many wins do you think it'll take?
2: Um. I don't know. I'm going to say uh, the AL West to me um, is kind of middle pack in terms of just like divisions in baseball in general. Um, it's not the AL East or it's not it's not the AL East or the NL East where you have kind of three or four teams where you're like, wow, e- each of those teams could win 92, 93 games. Um, I'm going to go on the lower end of things this season and say that um, maybe like 94, 95 wins. And that's wins kind the of division. what I've
4: been getting, been hearing too. Is like the 93 to 95 is kind of that that range yeah. and, I, and i agree too because there isn't that one dominant team in the division you can see the astros and the a's and the angels kind of just all beating them beating themselves up as the season goes on and no one really having right. that 10 to you know 10-6 record against a certain team like everyone i could see them being you know kind of 50-50 or uh, uh kind of close to that and that's going to be really interesting but yeah 90 i would say 94 if i had to make a bet i would say 94 is probably going to win the division I just don't think that does very good for wild card teams. If if we do get an expanded playoffs, and again that can come like last season at the very beginning of opening day, um, but if we don't get expanded playoffs, I, I, I see just one team from the AL West getting into the playoff with teams like um, uh, out in the Central. With I think obviously the White Sox and the Twins are probably favored over you know the second place AL West team, and same thing with you know if it's not New York, then probably Tampa Bay. Um, right. It'll be interesting to see how those teams kind of play out for that wild card spot. It's gonna be it's going to be an interesting season just because I don't think a lot of teams made a, a bunch of moves outside of the NL West with the Padres and the Dodgers.
2: Yeah, yeah, the the yeah, the, it's the wild card landscape to me is already kind of like pretty crowded in the AL. I mean, you have teams that yet, like you said, the White Sox, uh, White Sox and Twins in the Central, and then you have like three teams in the in the East. You have the Rays, the Blue Jays, who I think are going to be good. But right, the Blue Jays, yeah starting pitching kind of worries me. Um, but then you have the Yankees as well. So yeah, I, man, it's, yeah, it's going to be close. Um, Cause I, I, do like the athletics. I like the angels. I like the, the Astros in the West too, but I think, yeah, I think that the, the, the wildcard teams might come from the central and the East at this point.
4: Yeah. And a good point. You mentioned it too, about the blue Jays, the fact that they're playing in Florida for the, at least the beginning of the year, it should be really interesting to see how, Mm -hmm. all that kind of affects that team and and travel but at least they're on the east coast so um that's kind of gonna wrap it up a little bit for our ao west preview we got one more team seattle mariners and they've had a really busy um off season for all the wrong reasons and so we'll hopefully get to that next week um so we're gonna take a quick commercial break and when we get back we'll have chris the curator johnson with his curators chronicles I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, eBay sneakers from rare dead stock to the latest releases. You can find the exact sneaker you are looking for on eBay as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go. If you want to cop that pair that you've been eyeing and with eBay's guarantee a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they are sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for you sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites charging as much as 25%, you're going to have a ton of extra cash left for, guess what, more sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. Again, that's ebay.com slash sneakers today. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And just around the corner, we have MLB baseball. Bet online covers everything from award shows, TV shows, and even reality TV. Real-time updates, odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. This is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook
1: experts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.
5: It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
4: Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.
5: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
3: all right thanks for having me uh i'm back for another edition of the curators chronicles curation ain't easy but somebody's got to do it that's what i say all right Uh, so today i bring you something uh it's actually a curator's uh curation tip um john our 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 friend that we spent uh last show memorializing uh he actually named me the curator we were at a 66ers baseball game and he's all oh you're you're the curator and i'm like cool and i and um with nicknames sometimes you don't you you might not like them but i actually like that one and so it kind of stuck and uh, one thing i always did is i like to kind of organize my collection and one thing to actually collect it's actually a cheap thing and if you're a disney disney uh land park goer um lapel pins or pin collecting is huge, right? And with the Disney Angels collection, I think it's appropriate. So I used I'm gonna give you a pro tip. This is a pro tip, a hack when it comes to your pins. Pins are a cool collection because they don't take up a ton of space. Like people aren't gonna get on you, like you just could you know put them in a little corner. And so I I present to you a way to present your pins and look good. I have tons more, but these are taken out of Halo Haven. But you'll see some pens here, some random ones. You see a wood nickel um, with that old A in the middle. You see that Chuck Finley pen, some random stuff there. But if you you print up your uh, 40% off coupon at Michael's, you take it in. (laughs) you, You can roll out one of these little shadow boxes for about like seven bucks. So then you uh, place your pins in there, and we also um, we and the, th- the cool thing about pins are back. So pop culture pins, there's all these things, uh, you know, making all these pins from the 90s, and then we also a lot of fans are making pins now too. And so we had Archangels pins on a couple times now, and he so he's making more like a fan sided approach uh, to pins that the angels aren't making, which I think it brings a whole nother level. Uh, to collecting but some of these pens are just super random there's a pen they made of the rock pile in center field i thought that was a cool one so anytime i'm I'm out and about i'm collecting or picking up pens and um one thing i always like to kind of hone in on is the opening day pens um each year that's kind of the thing i get so um do you guys even collect
4: i have a bunch of disneyland pens from not only myself but obviously my wife um we have like a pin board full of those. And then the archangel pins, obviously we have a ton of those. We were doing the opening day pins, but obviously this year and last year for that matter, um, took a look, it's going to take a little bit of a, uh, a break until we can get in. But yeah, yeah, we definitely collect pins over here.
2: Yeah. I mean, we have a few of like the pop culture ones that I would like put on a jacket. I have two angels ones. One of them I actually recognize that was on your pin board. It was like the old, uh, like 1991, 1992 logo where it's the baseball, and then like the California and then like the A in it. Yeah, right. um, so I have that one. You know. And then there's a blue one I have that's probably from like the 70s or something um, that has Sweet. like the A. So yeah, th- those are those are awesome.
3: And it's kind of like a limitless collection because they put out so many each year. It's just like insane. It keeps on going.
2: Yeah.
4: On. Yeah. Especially with the Disney, like you mentioned, the Disney aspect of it, it just seems like um every time we go you know my wife and i it's either because of a new movie that came out a new show that came out or just a different design of an older character it just seems like there's always something new um when it comes to those pins and it's just kind of crazy to see people so, walk around yeah with. so
3: so like think about this so what if the ushers were kind of like the disneyland model where you, you go up to them and you do a little pin trade they have a little <laughs> lanyard on is yeah. that too is that too hokey
4: that's too disney for artie i think i think now nah, uh, angel, angels are disney bro yeah until artie bought them and kind of changed yeah, everything and now yeah, with the probably yeah. the new design of the stadium i don't know if we're gonna be able to see the uh, rock pile out there anymore the, like the last um evidence of the disneyland era is that rock yeah. pile and we'll see if that survives the 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 either the new stadium or this the remake of the old and i don't think that's yet to be determined
3: All right. Well, that wraps it up. Uh, Keep on collecting. Um, We'll feature some different elements on how to uh, curate your collection, make it presentable uh, for your uh, fellow fans and your family when they come over. I'll give you another pro tip next week, but uh, thanks for tuning in for another edition of the Curator's Chronicles.
1: Let's go!
4: All right, Chris, thank you very much, curator. Um, now kind of talking about what we mentioned earlier. We'll get to the to the on-the-field stuff in a little bit, but big news broke uh at probably like two hours, two and a half hours before we started recording this, and that is uh Matt Vasgersian um is now the official play-by-play announcer of the Los Angeles Angels taking over for Victor Rojas. Um, you know, he's still gonna be doing his mob.com his or ML, not moB.com but his MLB television shows and Sunday night uh, ESPN broadcast so um, I'll start with Mike when you saw the news come across about math excursion taking over for Victor Rojas what did you think
2: yeah I'm, I've always been kind of on the fence with with Ma excursion um, some of his calls are like oh so dramatic and like there's not <laughs> over but- the top Just like over the top, there's some that like he like loses his voice on, and then his big like catch call phrase is like Santa Maria,
3: right?
4: And it's just
2: like (laughs) super. I don't know, it's kind of corny to me, but um, I don't know. He's really passionate. I feel like the first time that like he calls like an angels walk off or something and like loses his voice, I'll probably like throw something against the wall or something. You know, it'll be super (laughs) cool. But I don't know. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's a big. The the thing that I will say is that he's a big name, Um, right? You know, he's not some guy that his last gig was, you know, um, I don't know, calling radio or calling like AAA games or something. This is like a big name, (laughs) right, college baseball or college basketball or something. This is a guy that's called baseball games for a long time. And he's called them on like the big networks and called like big playoff games as well. Um, So it's definitely definitely a big signing. So, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see see how this works out.
3: What about you, Chris? How do you feel about?
2: Uh, yeah,
4: the, the
3: I'm, I was kind of I was surprised like you texted me that um, I was kind of I was driving home from work and I'm like what Matt Viscurgeon kind of came out from left field um, like that's just not someone that I thought was on the radar I felt like he's already like like Mike was saying he's doing uh, MLB's doing ESPN Sunday night baseball I just didn't think something I thought we were going to do something more of a promotion uh within the organization like a jose moda or you know um a radio personality or a former player within the organization so when we busted out maddie v out of nowhere i was like (laughs) oh whoa okay um it just doesn't i just didn't know that was something that he'd be interested in but um so it's it's kind of uh it's like a sexy pick in a way but i i do get what you're saying mike yeah all these like little 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 uh, nuances and sayings <laughs> yeah. that he does and well i guess we'll see but i guess it it's a departure for having two uh players um on you know doing the the play by play so it might be nice to have someone that never actually played baseball to you know present his opinion so i don't know um i it definitely surprised me i don't think any of us saw that one coming um we thought maybe you know uh it would be more like someone within the organization even like a trent rush or something um so wow one thing too like i
4: mentioned and now as if you play mlb the show now i'm gonna be confused about (laughs) if i'm listening to mlb the show is the game on mute is my video game on mute like what what's going on so I guess for me, I kind of like it because it is a familiar voice because of that, not only of the big games he's done on ESPN and, and Fox for a little while, but he has been the voice of the, that video game for the last couple of years. And so it's kind of familiar. and So you're kind of familiar already with his catchphrases. If you play the game, um, that's kind of a thing I think you'll get used to. Like at first, I think it's going to be kind of corny and whatever. But mm-hmm. I think, I mean, after a little while, isn't all kind of home run calls a bit corny in, in, in some situations. So. I think it's something to get used to um but yeah I, I like the sexy name i like it if they can't make a sexy name splash in the free agent market why not in the uh in the booth at least, you know yeah. draw all people yeah. cast that way
3: so yeah gotta um, get it where you can get it right so.
4: and so that's not the only news they they made with the um in the booth um obviously like we mentioned he is still going to be doing his other responsibilities with espn and mlb network so this season, a little change they're going to do is they are going to promote Jose Moda, so it is going to be a three-man booth with um, with Mark Gubiza and uh, Jose Moda as being the, the analyst, and then obviously Matt Vaskirgin as a play-by-play. Here's a little thing that I think was underneath the radar. Darren Sutton, I think he last worked for the Dim- Diamondbacks, but he also spent time with the Brewers. He's going to be the kind of the replacement when Vaskirgin isn't there. And you're kind of still seeing some reports that he might actually do more um, than math excursion throughout the year. And if that name sounds familiar, it will, or at least the last name sounds familiar. It should, because he is the son, a former angel, Don Sutton. So it kind of comes full circle that way. What do you think about that, uh, Mike?
2: Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Um, I haven't heard him call too many games before. Obviously, he's kind of a... a I mean, he's not—he's not the Matt Vasgersian name, so not national, um, but local,
4: different. Yeah, yeah,
2: right. So, um, yeah, this is cool. Um, it's kind of—it'll int- be interesting how they try to share time with this. Um, yeah, it seems like is still going to be juggling his ESPN and MLB Network jobs. Um, so I don't know. This will be cool to kind of see how they how they figure it out, but yeah.
3: What about you, Chris? It's kind of like you, Mike, you jumping on our podcast, and then you doing your own podcast <laughs> and things like that. Big league chew, and then you jump on here. So yeah. Right. Uh, um, but it's kind of like a nice uh, honor, especially in the year that Don Sutton passed to have right. his son on the Angels broadcasts. But yeah, again, I, I don't know, I'm not too familiar with this work. So
4: yeah, I definitely like the fact that you know, let Matt do his thing, but also being able to bring up a, a voice that maybe Angel fans don't know, but they'll definitely recognize the last name, and it, it, it'll be interesting to see if throughout the game, he kind of weaves in maybe some stories about his dad when he was on the Angels about this and that, maybe stuff that you you, you mm-hmm. don't know, because I know, you know, Chris obviously being a huge Angel fan, and Mike yourself, um, how much you know about Don as an Angel, and how much he, Darren, can bring into that, uh, kind of giving more light about his time in, in in California with the Angels and stuff like that or even too when you know um he's been on other teams I think it'd be really interesting to get a kid's point of view about his son or about his dad when he was playing in the major leagues that could be Dude really uh,
3: this is something uh John would have definitely um, been able to chime in on but when you look at like Don Sutton towards the end of his career especially with the Angels with that kind of gray afro yeah <laughs> like like he looks like 55
0: and especially oh, yeah
3: like a lot of these players, especially like in the 80s, like they had those big old, you know, frame glasses. They looked old. They looked out of shape. Yeah. They looked like some dude that was selling you a car. And, and, uh, it's yeah, just a trip. Right and then,
0: I'm yeah. And right I'm like,
3: like, the guy's not looking like he's going to, you know, 300 game winner. Um, <laughs> yeah, but he had some good stuff. Uh, he had a really long career, um, successful career. But yeah, I always, I always thought that was the craziest thing. I'm like, man. I'm not too far from where that guy's at, but he just doesn't, you know, especially with uh, the athleticism that we see today in the major leagues and the preparation when it comes to the weight room and all that. Um, but a lot of guys were kind of like fit that mold. I look at, and then he, I think he was sitting in that picture you just put up. I think he was next to like Phil Necro and Phil Necro, man, <laughs> throwing, I'm talking about old guys. Dude, yeah, he's yeah. he's that's a major league pitcher right there. I think he's pitching still, unless he's. Well, say he looks more like
4: a like a pitching coach and a pitcher and no, both of the both of the yeah, guys look like. But Negro was like
3: almost to about fifty, throwing about forty-seven <laughs> mile an hour knuckleballs. Still, can't so, anyone hit it either though. Yeah, it's it's incredible. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it'll so, be interesting to hear some stories. I hope he's. He it's cool
4: them. to see, you know, a friend of the podcast Jose Mota to be um, promoted and spend the full season now in the booth with, 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 um with Mark Gubita. And then both of those guys did a little bit on the spring training aspect, I think earlier this week. And it was cool to kind of hear them, you know, the play by play stuff was kind of missing, you know, cause they kind of got caught in the details as far as like, this guy does this, this guy does that. Um, mm-hmm. That stuff was really cool, but I'm glad they brought in, you know, a play by play guy into the booth to kind of make it flow better because i think if you put those two guys who are nationally you know naturally analyst i think a little bit can kind of get missed and so i think that was a good move um bringing in matt and bringing in darren i think that's you know matt for his national kind of appeal and then darren for his last name um i think that'd be a lot of fun okay do you have something chris oh i thought i heard you yeah, I was just
2: gonna I was just gonna just gonna say real quick the the Jose Moda thing seems like way overdue. Um I've been oh, kind of definitely. waiting waiting for him to kind of take a take the next step or or um get that promotion. Um he's been with the Angels now, I feel like for at least like ten or eleven, maybe twelve <laughs> years. So um yeah, well, well deserved. And I think him and uh, I think him and Gooby do interact well. Um and you know, there's there's other kind of three man booths in baseball too. I think the Yankees have like David cohen and Paul O'Neill call um as the kind of the, the, the analysts on in their booth. So um, yeah, I I think it'll
4: be cool. They do a three man booth for, for a lot of years.
2: That was obnoxious though. I can't, I can't stand a rod (laughs) in that booth, but yeah,
4: (laughs) everything else was cool. It was just a rod, but I got a feeling a lot of people probably feel that way um, about that booth, which he's up for the, for the hall of fame next year. And that's going to be an interesting uh, story to follow. Uh, So now moving to the, on the field stuff. It's cool that, that, uh, booth stuff is re- is resolved and you can kind of look forward to that um but now kind of moving forward to on the field um quick some injury news luke bard had an injection in his hip uh, but the bigger news is brendan uh McCurry and uh gerardo reyes both went under tommy john surgery or will go under tommy john surgery on um, the next couple of days i believe um You see a lot of Angels fans, oh, here we go again. Oh, Tommy John, and we can't do this, especially with both those guys being acquired via trade last season. Um, I I mean, I could be completely wrong. I did not see these guys making any kind of contribution this year out of the bullpen. I see them as more of those guys that will be on the bus back and forth. Uh, You know, one guy maybe pitches three or four days in a row, then you get a fresh arm in there. You know, one of these guys comes up. I didn't see them making any kind of real contribution this year. What did you think, Mike?
2: Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat as you. Um, uh, one of the guys, not um, not Gerardo, oh, is it Gerardo uh, Reyes? Yeah, yeah, not him, but the other guy. I hadn't even heard of him. So. Yeah, me
4: either. Yeah, right.
2: exactly. But so, yeah, hey, you know. What?
3: Th- thanks for saying that. I felt kind of ignorant. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, I didn't like, either. Yeah,
2: McFlurry, McCurry, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I feel bad, and yeah, it's not something that you want to see this early on, but. Um, as long as it's not kind of the core guys, um, you know, I, I think it's fine. I mean, we can pick up arms along the way um, through waivers or whatever for because this, this is these are basically guys that we were either gonna either gonna be put on waivers or make the team or be shuttled back and forth from the alternate side or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah,
4: yeah. and there's something else too to touch on. I don't think I don't think the last time we were on they mentioned it, but the AAA season got delayed a month. Um, so this alternate site for the A team is going to be up in San Bernardino right down the street from us. So I don't know what that means for Halo Haven and All Angels podcast. I don't know if we'll be able to get in there and get uh, some some photos or something like that, but that'd be awesome. But yeah, so now all the minor league teams aren't going to start until uh, May. So we'll see how that month before they're actually able to play games affects maybe guys coming up or coming down um, with the big league team. So there's been some, a lot of bright spots for this spring training so far, I believe. And I think a lot of them has to do with guys that are coming back or, um, new faces. And the first one I want to talk about is Jose Iglesias. He seems to be doing just fine at that shortstop spot that Simmons vacated. He's had some really great plays over the last week or so. And I just feel like, um, he might not be Simmons. If Simmons like, is like an a plus defender. I feel like Jose is, you know, like a B plus, you know, you don't lose a whole lot. Um, how do you feel about that, Mike?
2: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've actually been high on Jose Iglesias for a long time now. Um, especially when he was with the, uh, uh, with the, with the, with the, uh, with the Tigers and the, uh, the Red Sox as well. And then now to the, uh, before this, he was on the Orioles, but yeah, that play is just, uh, it's it's, it's absolutely insane. Franklin Barreto there. I don't think he was expecting the ball to come back into him, but, um, yeah, no, he's, he's been great. I feel like he has that play patented. I feel like he did that in a, I think it was a division series or a championship series against the Red Sox when he was a Tiger. And he did the same kind of similar like over-the-shoulder kind of basket catch um, type play. Um, the diving play he also made where he kind of just like flicked it over to, I think it was Tice at first. Um, yeah, this one right here. This is just uh, freakish. What? Oh, man.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, yeah, so- if... If, if Simmons is an A-plus, this guy isn't that far behind.
2: Yeah, agreed.
4: What about you, Chris? You see some of those plays, and again, that first play was him going over the shoulder yeah. in the outfield and yeah. shallow left field. Have the thought of mind to in his have the ball in his glove, toss it behind the back to Upton, who throws it to first to double up the guy who thought it was
3: going to drop. I mean, that, yeah. that's good that I- – Yeah, all I have to say is goodness, man. <laughs> um, I think uh, – I think Simmons uh, angels hold him in high praise for the fact that I think, I think the whole Simba thing, like the, the connection, nickname? the nickname, it, it it's a cool connection. And, and then going off that and then holding the, you know, holding a little Simba in the air. And there's a lot more familiarity when it comes with Simba and, you know his his longevity with the Braves and what he did over there, um, but as far as his defensive ability, just based off those few clips you showed, like we didn't lose we didn't lose too much at all. And when you go back to that short season, everyone's uh, touting Bauer. Bauer parlayed a uh, sixty game season into a forty million dollar a year contract. What about this dude? This dude who was a um. What, <laughs> Like Mike, Mike put out the number, but I think he about like three, three, 370 three seventy or something, three seventy five. Yeah. Like, why is this guy not getting recon- the recognition he deserves? And I think a lot of it goes back to him being a Latin player and just like like the the familiarity with his name. And this guy's this guy's a bonafide shortstop. Like like. No, you said a B plus, no, he, we yeah. maybe went from an A plus, like a ninety nine point nine percent defensively, to like, uh, like a like a solid A, and I know we're all cool with the solid A in school, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's still that's that's still ju- that's still bumping your GPA up, man. You're right. you're locked in, and then the bat. I think his bat's much better than Simmons. Like Simmons, um, I think on the Braves, like his he put up like eighteen home runs one year. And then we never saw anything like that with the angels. We we had one year where I think he was over 10, um, hit, you know, hitting those balls like off his knee and all that stuff. But uh, I think the <laughs> yeah. Simba fanfare with like the, you know, Simba's pride and like people dressing up like, you know, lions and things like that, that elevated his status and Iglesias doesn't have that, but I think it'll come. I think people are going to, I think people are going to like this guy, man. You showed me two clips and I'm like, whoa.
2: Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I was go just on, gonna Mike. say. I was just gonna say real quick, just to add on to that. The thing with Iglesias that Simmons hasn't been recently is that he's been durable and he's played yeah. in a lot of. He's played in a lot of games and he stayed healthy. Going back to like 2016, he's played in at least 130 games. So um, apart from the shortened season last year, so he's uh, he's been durable, doesn't get hurt. touch Touchwood. Um, and Simmons, we know the last couple of years, he seemed. I, I feel like he twisted his ankle on the same play consecutive seasons on first base there so um
3: right and then uh even going back to the trade itself for simmons we gave up sean newcomb who was our number one prospect lefty kind of like a reed detmers in a way Uh, we thought Mm -hmm. it was going to be our you know next big lefty and he he was down in on the 66ers we got a lot of access with him back in the day we were really high on him to see him go and us get Simmons. I think we we're a little bit sad about that, but we actually, we've seen Newcomb with the Braves and he just never panned out. And I don't even think he's with the club right now. Uh, so just looking back, I think, you know, we had some good years with Simmons and, it, you know.
4: Yeah. Iglesias, I think I, I talked to someone once the signing happens and someone said, you know, he could be very much like a Simmons he can produce maybe not defensively like Simmons but he can definitely make up offensively and kind of what Mike was saying durability wise and just being out there so yep. it, it you take a little from here but you gain from there and it's almost going to be a draw when it when it comes down to it and so um that's a. I mean durability I think has been an issue for a lot of Angels players the last couple of years um just being out there and playing and another player that has I don't know if the durability issue is a thing yet because he's still fairly new to the, to the angels and just major league baseball in general is Shohei Otani coming back from um, Tommy John surgery in 2019 um, or not 2019, 2019. And then just a a really bad year last year, 2020 getting shut down, um, not having a great year behind. You got shut down early with pitching and just not a great year behind the plate Um, has had a pitching outing and is planning to have another one coming up fairly soon. Um, but Mike, I don't know if you're able to see that first outing by Otani. if you did thoughts thoughts about Otani just in general coming into the season.
2: Yeah, he looked really good. Um, I think the five outs that he got, I think he pitched an inning in two thirds. I think all of them were on strikeouts. Um, and yeah, I think this is the last out he got here on the the strikeout. but um yeah, he looked good. The, the fact that his velocity is up and his velocity has been able to be sustained um, throughout spring has been a really good sign the fact that he's been hitting uh, home runs over the batter's eye in center field has been really great. <laughs> um, I think this is, this is going to be as close to uh, the 2018 season as, as we're going to get. Um, and hopefully he's able to stay healthy. Cause, cause yeah, I mean uh, it'll, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be amazing if he can do, if he can still pull off both and, and stay healthy. Um, cause he looks like he's able to do both really well right now in spring. So yeah, um, just a matter of staying healthy and see if he can c- continue this.
4: How do you feel about the whole doing the both thing? Because I think that's very polarizing, depending on where you listen and and who you kind of look up. Some people are saying, you know, it's a waste of time. He should commit to one or the other right now. And some people say, you know, this is like a once in you know every generation kind of player where he is able to do both. Like you mentioned, throw a hundred miles an hour and hit the ball 430 feet or whatever. Um, but how do you feel about the whole doing both situation? Uh,
2: yeah, I'm, I'm up for it because I think he has value. He has a lot of value on both, both sides, um, you know, definitely as a starting pitcher and definitely as a hitter. But I think if he were to take one direction moving forward, I think I'd rather have him just be that ace that you can rely on, you know, every fifth day or every sixth day. Yeah. Um, I would love for him to be able to continue to keep doing what he's doing though. Cause I think it's super exciting. There's nothing else like it. I feel like he's kind of, cause cause of the injuries he's had recently. I feel like people are like underrating him or he's kind of flying under the so radar really. somehow. Yeah, I so I think, think so he great. has, a, I think he has the potential to like, really like kind of open people's eyes again and be like, Oh wow. We haven't seen him do this since 2018. Wow. You're right. This guy is like insane. So I think, I think you, I think he'll do that for a stretch this season. If he stays healthy, I think we'll see both. And I think he'll be good at both. Um, just how long that lasts, I mean, I'm not sure. How do
4: you feel about the whole doing both, Chris? How, do you like it? Do you not like it? Would really, you rather see him do one
3: or the other? I think like in an earlier podcast, we talked about like, what would you rather see him do? And I think I said I'd rather see him hit, which I'd take I take back. I take that back like wholeheartedly. Yeah, I meant uh, he touched 100 this week uh mike i'm glad you said velocity because i hate that i'm a pet peeve for the velo i think it's like, <laughs> everyone's saying velo. Just Say the whole word like velo i'm like can, you cannot say velocity come on it's like a it's like a new uh it's a new thing
5: but um kids.
3: yeah but kids you nowadays hit, yeah kids nowadays, yeah 100 miles an hour and you hit a you hit a bomb over the center field uh batter's eye that's probably like 475 in one week we haven't seen this in since probably babe ruth right we always right. We, that's like our our uh kind of watershed moment we always go back to babe ruth but um yeah it's fun it's fun and it's an x factor it's someone that nobody's counting on i don't yeah. count on it i don't count on him being a formidable force uh our ace of our rotation but if you could if he can be that for what we're paying them four million dollars a year when we're dropping forty million dollars on trevor bauer <laughs> who's not you know i would i would say they're they're about the same we don't we don't know what to expect from bauer he did good over 60 games and um yeah it's gonna be exciting to watch and i think this is his uh his year to click is you know uh to to uh i mean if he wants to stay in the mlb and Get that big contract. He needs to he needs to have a couple of good years. And this is it. This is his time. He should be healthy. So if you have him, and then you add Upton, Upton's looking pretty good. And that's a guy that we've always been waiting for. When he first came over, he had a pretty good season, but that turf toe has been killing him. There you go on the screen hitting some bombs. Um Upton, Upton's another guy that we've never we were not counting on him. We're not, we're not like, you know, saying, Hey, um, you know he's like an average outfielder right now, but this guy has star power. And uh, if you get Upton going, you get Otani going, you're a AL West uh, contender for sure.
4: Yeah, I think that's a good point as far as Otani, not only hitting but pitching. Also, is that if we can give you like, obviously he's not going to make 30 starts. Obviously he's probably not even going to make like 25 starts, but if he, if he can start, I don't know, like 15, 17 games this year, but give you, ace type stuff for those games that affects the 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 run for the division tremendously and if he like i said if he can give you kind of ace type stuff when he's on the mound and give you i mean i don't know what's realistic i don't know what you guys think but if he can give you like 25 home runs and i don't know 75 rbis like doing like by themselves that doesn't sound great but when you put in the other aspect of it of him pitching and him hitting that can be a real big, um, a real big switch for the team. Like just electricity and just getting hyped to see this guy do both, and just kind of carrying this team, you know, at least a little bit um, while he's on the. Because I mean, in the 2018 year, you you saw that kind of electricity when he took the mound every Sunday. Now there's now they're saying they're he's not he's not going to be like pigeonholed to one day. He's just going to come up when his day is going to be. Um, but he still brings that electricity to the mound when he's healthy. And I just think this year, if you look at him physically between this spring training and last spring training, when he's just coming off of Tommy John, he looks bigger, especially yeah. in his lower half. His, yeah. His Tommy John surgery was the big headline, but there was a, 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 a knee surgery in there also, I think, didn't get as much play. So obviously you're not able to run. You're not able to lift. You're not able to do that much stuff with your lower half. And then people that play baseball or just know baseball in general know pitching is so much lower half, just as much as is, you know, your arm. So maybe him bulking up his lower half will help that durability issue and and perform on the mound more so than he did last year. And maybe repeats as that 2018, like rookie of the year, what we saw there can come come up and, and be that again this year.
2: Yeah, um, I, I, I think he's definitely coming into the age range too, like 27, 28, 29, like these kind of next three years where this is like kind of where he's entering what a lot of people say are like the prime years of like a baseball player's career. So he's entering that prime and he's his body is also almost like getting into that kind of like, okay, change. this is like a, right, right. This is like a mature dude now who's, you know, bigger than he was. I'm, you know, previous seasons, he was kind of like lanky, a little like, you know, kind of like, a, a yeah, kind of like, kind of awkward, <laughs> well, but like fast and like a freak, uh, you know, obviously athlete, but definitely looked a little awkward, a little like, you know, like a string bean type guy, but now <laughs> he's put on, he's put on that muscle, that muscle mass and he looks, yeah, I mean, I think he looks ready to go. I think this is going to be a big year. Pray to God that he stays healthy, please. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, he looks, he looks uh, ready to go.
4: So... Another guy that I noticed a trend, especially early on in spring, he was in almost every game, and that's Joe Adele. Obviously, you could tell that the Angels are trying to get him as many at-bats and many innings in the outfield. He's had his little blunders in the outfield still um, this spring training, but it's good to see the Angels put him out there almost every day. He got a little playing time off the bench today, but um, it's just good to see him get at-bats repeatedly and, and just get him out there. Cause that's exactly what he needs. How do you feel about Joe this spring so far? Uh, Mike?
2: Uh, I think he looks okay. I think he hit a home run the other day. Um, oh, there it is going to uh, left center. But yeah, I think, I think he looks, I think he looks fine. Um, nothing too crazy. Um, kind of expected kind of where I kind of expected him to be basically just getting some at bats in at this point. Um, getting a couple of knocks here and there. He's not really like tearing the cover off the ball yet or anything like that. I've heard different from different people on Twitter and different places that he's like changed his, uh, his load up a little bit and his swing. Um, it's like quiet. I think, I think people are saying he looks quieter at the plate this spring than he has in previous years. I'm not sure how true that is or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a guy that I expect to be probably in triple a once the season starts. And maybe get called up as the season progresses, yeah. um, as needed, you know, it, we'll see how, how good or bad Dexter Fowler is. Yeah, the other thing, the other thing is that the angels have lost locked, or uh, sorry, loaded up on uh kind of fourth outfielder guys. They have John Jay waiting in the wings. They have Juan Lagares waiting in the wings. So even if Fowler kind of stumbles, it's not like they're going to go to Adele right away. They got Lagares they got John Jay. So I think Adele is going to be in triple a for quite a bit this season. Um, so,
4: yeah, I can definitely see um, that competition for the fourth outfield spot kind of heating up towards the end of the year. Cause I think Dexter Fowler's is pretty, um, pretty locked into that, to, to the right field spot. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see Joe being brought up uh, June, July, somewhere in the summer. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a good time for him if everything's going good for him. And then maybe some guys up here are struggling, that can be a good time to kind of make that switch and, But that's what he needs. He needs at-bats. He needs at-bats. He needs to see other guys that he's not used to seeing um, in AAA, not just the guys at an alternate site where you kind of get used to, um, you know, your buddies throwing the ball. And um, How do you feel about uh, Joe Adele so far this spring, Chris?
3: Yeah, I just – I think he just needs that mentorship. Um, I know they said Dexter Fowler is like kind of some guy they pinned. Not just – bringing in Fowler for the fact that, you know, he's been, you know, he's been uh, pretty solid over the, you know, the course of his career, but just having that mentorship from Fowler, especially during the spring, I think beyond hitting, I think his route, his routes route. to the baseball yeah. are, that, that's a big thing for me. um As we've seen, uh, unfortunately yeah. in the baseball in, ma- in the major leagues, uh we've seen some crazy stuff happen already. And so he's kind of got that, you know, got that, pinned to him but um uh yeah i see him actually later i think i'm like more like a september call up um even deeper but just because of the depth of the outfield like i mean you're still talking about taylor ward um possible you know fill in in right field as well he did well i know joe madden loves taylor ward he loves what he brings <laughs> to the game and that's something i don't think Socha felt for you know taylor and especially then no. especially they were trying to package him and try to get something for him just a few years ago. Then Taylor kind of produced. So um, yeah, I'm rooting for Adele. You know, I think all of us are, um, but yeah, he, he has room to grow and, you know, reps are, reps are key and, you know, the big leagues are different than AAA for sure.
4: Oh yeah, that's for sure. We've seen plenty of guys that kill it in AAA and, uh, struggle mightily when they come up to the majors. Um One of the last things I want to talk about it's kind of this lineup construction. Today's game, we're recording this on Thursday. Um It kind of looked like, for the most part, the the lineup is going. This is how it's going to be in opening day, and you have Fletcher leading off, Trout at second. This is the kind of the, the um, might change a little bit, but you yeah, have Trout at, Trout batting second, Otani batting third, Rendon batting fourth, Upton fifth. In an ideal situation, where do you want to bat Trout? Do you want to bat him second or do you want to bat him third? I'll ask you, Mike, first.
2: Um, yeah, I I mean, I mean uh, it's kind of a toss of the coin for me. I think batting second, he gets maybe more at bats uh, throughout the course of the game, and you kind of want your best players to get the most at bats. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I, I wonder who slots into that. The, the question is, I wonder who slots into that two-hole if you do move him to three. Maybe it's Fletcher and Ota- I, I would like to mess things. Up. I, I I would like to kind of um, tweak things up a little bit. I mean, you could look at like um, like Fletcher, Otani, Trout, Rendon, or something like that. Even that would be kind of cool and kind of Otani gets a
4: little up. protection with Trout behind. You know, they're not going to want to, especially with Otani's speed and his yeah. ability to steal bases. If they put him on because they walk him or anything like that, then he, you know, there's a very good possibility of him taking second and now you have a score a uh, guy in scoring position with trout rendon back
2: to back yeah but definitely rendon after trout and then you're looking at like uh yeah upton pool holes or walsh um and then kind of filling out the rest of it but yeah where do you as the manager
4: of the riverside smudge pots and you have to fill up a roster uh lineup every day chris uh how do you feel this roster or this lineup construction should be Oh, no, we lost Chris's uh, mic. I think he muted himself. Hold on. Oh, nope. Your mic's not connected, Chris. That's what it's telling me. So we'll get back to him in a second. Uh, But kind of talking about Rendon, hopefully he is able to have a – well, you mentioned or you saw that he was kind of slow to start last season, Mike. Hopefully he's able to kind of um, get going more and more quicker I guess this season but uh he's gonna play a big role in this lineup I think too
2: yeah and I'm looking forward to kind of a full season from him for sure um I mean we saw him only for 60 games last year and you almost kind of forget that he's on the team you know we saw him for such a short amount of time you right. forget what a great great player he is and he's still kind of in his prime you know he's, he's in he's 30 or 31 this year so Um. Yeah, it'll be. I'm really excited, honestly, to see him for 162 games, and I feel like people really aren't talking about it enough of how good he is and how we're going to see him for this full, full season.
4: Yeah, he's going to be huge. Obviously, he is the kind of the quieter. I don't know if he can get quieter than Trout because Trout again is not very look at me. But he's. I mean, he's probably just as quiet as Trout. He's not going to get a lot of attention, but what he does on the field. So I think he is kind of the forgotten guy with. The headlines, I think, are going to Otani. The headlines are obviously going to Trout. The headlines are going to like a Joe Adele. I don't necessarily know if the headlines are at all going to Rendon um, about his second season with the Angels and the big pick right. they had last year. So that's going to be really interesting to see um, something play out with him. Pitching-wise, I think there hasn't really been a, a, a big injury at all for the main guys. We talked about some of the minor league guys earlier, but um, pitching-wise – you know, Haney kinda of got a not Haney, um Griffin Canning kinda of got a little wild today. But other than that, and I think Haney had a um an outing that wasn't great, wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great either. But other than that, I think the Angels pitchers have done a pretty, pretty decent job this this uh spring training.
2: Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, uh especially uh Cobb he he looked pretty good yesterday or whenever he got his last start in. Um and he's looked pretty good all kind of spring training so far. So If they're able to get uh, Cobb to a place where he can put up, you know, a sub four ERA or even like a low four ERA over 150 innings or something like that, I would, I would take that really, really easily. Um, Bundy's looked good. Otani of course has looked good. And then you, you talk about, you know, a friend of the podcast, uh, Chris Rodriguez, he looked really, he looked really good. Um, Detmers, I think pitched the netting. He looked pretty good. So, uh, Rysel Iglesias has looked really good. He's come in just as I expected him to and looked, you know, really good. He's a top shelf kind of closer guy. So, um, yeah, the pitching has actually been pretty, pretty good. I mean, I expect younger guys like Canning to maybe kind of find their touch and find their pitch, find their command kind of early in spring training and kind of work through some things. I mean, I think, I think that's to be expected. Um, so not too, too concerned there as long as he gets his work in and doesn't have any sort of flare ups. I'm still kind of uh nervous about canning's elbow because i know that he had to kind of sit out i think it was in 2019 the second half of that season to kind of rest his elbow and i know he's had some injections or something like that trying to you know not have tommy john so um but yeah i think i think the uh i think the rotation and the the pitching staff looks pretty good so far for for spring
4: and obviously that's kind of taken with a grain of salt how off or how how much do you take from spring training in general, is it just, Hey, get your work in and get healthy. Or do you like to kind of look at least a little bit into the results of what's going on?
2: Yeah. I think one of the results you can look at is Alex Cobb's fastball velocity is up um, this, this spring training. I think he's like sitting around 93, 94. And I think in previous seasons, he was kind of a couple miles per hour short, uh, slower than that. Um, So I think the, the uptick, the uptick in velocity for Cobb is something that's really interesting and something to keep an eye on as we go to the, the regular season um i think you're looking at like yeah like velocity numbers are guys hitting the numbers that they've hit in previous seasons how long is it taking them to hit those numbers um and just you know getting command of their pitches trying stuff out getting a good feel on their breaking balls stuff like that that you would expect them to work on um i mean it's always kind of a plus when you see them do pitch pretty well but i like to see you kind of have to measure that against like the lineups that they're facing like is otani facing you know uh, this team's B lineup or is he facing right. like the, the the actual lineup that you know the major league lineup you know so just depends but
4: now that we have Chris the curator back, uh, kind of like I mentioned before, um, do you fill out a lineup card for the riverside smudge pots? how would you like to see this lineup work out for the Angels?
3: uh It doesn't really matter where you put trout. you got to put them in the top five obviously um three right (laughs) yeah maybe i don't know you get a little wild sometimes you're like you know (laughs) you have a little premonition you have a feeling about a guy but uh, yeah going back to what mike said you got to have a guy come up as many times as possible is try to lead off guy i no he's not a lead off guy um but it's two or three for sure uh when you're when you're a kid and you have that power you want to be that cleanup hitter, right? That's like sexy as heck. Like when the coach puts you up number four, you're like, Oh dang, I better, produ- <laughs> Uh-oh. I better produce. And, I never had that um, issue. So i don't have to worry about it, but I don't, yeah, neither have I, but uh, <laughs> I don't think trout needs to worry about that. But, um, two or three is where you got to lock them in. And then I like the idea of Otani being two. That's, that's kind of different. And, um, i'm unorthodox i like i like these new ideas and mm-hmm. um yeah we yeah on the smudge pots we try to mix it up you try to think like can this guy run like at all versus that guy so we try to stagger people you know so you like put a pull holes then you put like an otani and then you put a <laughs> this but um yeah you got to go two or three for sure
4: yeah and then two like we mentioned before when you bounced out the pitching um has done a lot better and and for you, Chris, how much do you look into uh, results or do you at least look at velocity or velo, as you like to put oh, it? Oh, velo, velo. Yeah. Do you like to look at velo for pitches or do you like
3: this, what do you like to, to take into account for spring training? You know what they say about spring training is uh, you can't take too much into account, right? Right. Right? These games don't matter. Uh, no. There's that whole Will Ferrell where he had the sign over on – third base is third base coach said these games don't matter uh we yeah. get all, we get all hyped up otani's hitting 100 um but we also had that spring training where otani couldn't hit a ball to Out save his field. life and uh it was such a disappointment then he shows up in uh you know the season rookie of the year yep. um uh, you can't put it too much into uh count for all that um it's, it's nice. It's nice seeing like Cobb. Cobb's looking good. All these guys that are Madden guys. It's so crazy how we're reconnecting all these Madden, like Chicago, Tampa Bay, they're all coming back. Yep. But yep. I, do, I do see – I do buy into that. I buy into a guy being part of a certain culture and feeling comfortable, especially Cobb being a rookie back in Tampa Bay, coming back to the guy that – kind of nurtured him, fostered that relationship to the success that he saw in Tampa Bay. So um I don't know. I, I, I'm feeling pretty good about this pitching staff And I know we don't have that sexy splash. We have it in the um broadcaster booth though. Matt yeah, there you go. We, we got there Matty is, V. Uh um, there you go. But no, I, I think at the end of the I I think at the end of the day I just don't understand the angel fans um uh, frustration with this uh you know, starting pitching lineup, oh. like it's like you said, it's, it's not sexy. It's it's money ball for sure, and so so what? You know, look at the A's. The A's are always in front of us. Not you're not seeing a, like a bunch of sexy names on that lineup, um, oh. but I don't know. It's exciting. Um, spring spring training is always fun, just to see some some actual baseball yes. and. I know us not being out there in spring training this year, it sucks. But um, just uh, you know, turning into AM eight thirty and catching the end of a game like on the way home, and uh, hearing about the velo that people (laughs) that put out that day, I'm like, oh, okay. But um, yeah, it's cool. It's exciting. Yeah, and, and as we record this, we are three short
4: weeks away from opening day, and that should be a lot of fun. Um, 162 games. I mean, I think. Going into this spring training I think that was even a question if we're going to even get that much So um, it's going to be a lot of fun We'll be updating You guys as we go along Obviously if there's something big happens if, You know I don't with Odorizzi off the board I, I, It's probably not going to be a big signing But if there's a trade or anything like that That's um, newsworthy Then yeah we'll talk about it But it's going to be fun just kind of keeping everyone Up to date on some spring training uh, Velo readings if you will And um ooh, ooh. Everything leading up to opening day. So I want to thank Mike Brown again for jumping on this episode of the All Angels Podcast. Check his podcast out at Big League Chewing. Um, you're starting doing your uh, preview of some teams, aren't you?
2: Yeah. So this week I've done the uh, the Reds, uh, chatted with my good friend Clayborne Snowden. He's the uh, one of the writers on the Locked On Red Show. And then yesterday I talked to uh, two guys from Bat Flips and Maple Dips, which is a Blue Jays, <laughs> Jays podcast. <Hey. laughs> great, great name. Uh, yeah, so we previewed the blue Jays, uh, today as well. So, um, probably going to do a couple more next week and, uh, we'll see how it goes.
4: And kind of like you said earlier, those, those blue Jays can definitely be contenders for that wild card spot. If mm-hmm. not the AL East, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, see how the Yankees do, but those are definitely guys that can, uh, make some noise. So, uh, I want to thank Mike Brown again, definitely check it out again. That's big league chewing podcast. Check it out anywhere you see. You get this podcast, you can get that podcast. Give him a like, give him a follow, um, subscribe, rate, and review uh, his podcast, our podcast, and, and help this grow as the season gets closer and closer. So, um, for Mike Brown, um, Chris, the curator, Johnson, I am down, Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels podcast.